Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today our guest is Miley Colmer. So Miley helps people to build their business through referrals and relationships. So if you are tired of giving lots of money to the Zuckerberg College Fund, by which I mean the fund that he sends his own family to college with, and you would like something a little more effective and more fun, Miley's got a good way to do that. So Miley, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's such a pleasure to be here. So I'm excited to have you here. I know what, what you guys do is is pretty awesome and powerful. So tell us a little bit about what makes you awesome and how you help people run their business in a different way. Uh, I'd be happy to. So I'm curious, have you ever walked into a room full of strangers, felt like an outsider, alone, not connected, not sure what your plan was going to be? Well, like 15 years ago, not <laughs> yeah. recently, because I'm a professional networker. But I imagine the listeners may may definitely answer yes to that question. So on behalf of the listeners, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Well, I work with business owners to help them build influence and connections and business through the referral process. So they never walk into a room full of strangers. They always walk into a room full of referrals. Ooh. So growing up, I was actually super shy and introverted. And when I was a kid, we moved from Hawaii to California and I had to start in a new school. And being super shy and introverted and feeling totally like an outsider, feeling alone, all those butterflies and flip-flops in my stomach, I had to walk into that classroom and I didn't have a plan. And I didn't know how I was going to connect and relate to the, the other kids in, in the class. So one of the ways that I grew out of my shyness was I joined groups and teams. And when I was in college, I, I got very involved in competitive dance. And in college, I was in a performing arts group. And we toured all over the U.S., Canada, even did a European tour one year. And I performed in front of tens of thousands of people, shy little me. And what I learned was, is when I teamed up with other people who had similar goals and similar values and similar work ethic, I could go further than I ever could even imagine on my own. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated from college and I went into the business world and I went into sales and someone said, you should go network. I walked into a very crowded, very busy chamber of commerce mixer and a room full of strangers. And for a moment, I had those butterflies, but this time I knew what to do. And I said, I'm going to build my business team, just like I had my dance team and my debate team, and just build my business through those relationships and those referrals. So one of my superpowers is helping other folks who you, you don't have to be the most outgoing people person, but if you like people and you have a, a, an expert 
expert service that you provide, I can, I love helping those people walk in to those rooms with confidence and walk out with referrals. Mm. So, you know, I, I love the concept. I mean, I'm the guy who knows a guy, so I'm all about networking and, and, as my people talk about, like, you got to get out of your comfort zone. I'm like, no, you don't. You just have to find the things in your comfort zone that are effective. So, you know, I don't like cold calling. So I got good at networking. And <laughs> so I don't have to cold call because I network. And I don't cold call anyone now because I don't have to. Um, so, uh, you know, I'd love you could talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things someone can do, you know, in those, when they walk into that, that room, what are some of the, the first things they should be doing when they're seeing that room full of strangers and to make some value out of that? Well, <laughs> uh, one of the things is, of course, over the last few years, we've been walking into rooms of Zoom, <laughs> Zoom rooms, <laughs> right? So networking on Zoom is a little bit different from networking in person. Yep. And now we have that transition, right? So some of the things that we are doing are on Zoom and there's definitely talk and, and things coming up that are in person again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, a, um, you know, good to revisit how did we walk into rooms, right? Because a, a lot of us are, are a little rusty on it. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going on Monday to a big East Bay Women's Conference here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's going to be the first big networking event that I'm attending uh, in, a, in, in quite some time. So some of the things to do is to find out who else is going to be there, right? So, so when, you, when you walk in the room, you already know that there's some, some friendly faces there. There's some other folks that you can connect with or even go with a buddy. I'm actually going with my mom, who's a top producing realtor. And so we are going to be networking together. Uh, I happen to know one of the speakers and just, you know, knowing who's in the room and having those connections always makes it feel uh, more comfortable, right? And, and so how would you find out, other than bringing someone with you, obviously, which is mm -hmm. like a great strategy, but other than bringing someone you know with you, how would you find out who's going to be there? Well, you can talk to the coordinator of the event. Mm -hmm. uh, I you know, a lot of chamber events, you can talk to the person charge a membership is a really great connection at the chambers because uh, they're all they always know who the members are and they know they ha kind of have a pulse on on who's showing up and things like that. So so the membership director or or whoever's helping coordinate the event, whether it's a chamber or any kind of event, I'm also part of the Northern California National Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talking to someone on the board or the person that's um, that's helping coordinate and put on the event is a great way to find out. And and most of the time, people are happy to make connections. Mm -hmm. They're they're very welcoming. They're like, oh, yes, who can I introduce you to? So you're saying people at networking events like networking? They do. What a idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's something I, I have a lot of people who say to me, well, you know, I go to these events, everyone already knows each other and I don't know anybody. And they don't, you know, they don't get that a lot of people are meeting for the first time. Mm -hmm. So they don't know each other. They met a minute ago. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they know each other a minute longer than you do. Um, but so, so, you know, someone goes to one of these events and and it, 
or whether it's a, a business after hours or a conference and they find themselves in a room where they, they don't happen to know anyone in the room for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. What, what do you say to that? Everyone there already knows each other. How do I break in? Well, one of the things that I always remind people, and this is, this is something that Dr. Ivan Meisner taught me mm-hmm. and it's, it's such wise advice and help me as a person who's inherently shy is thinking about acting like a host mm. because think about it. If you act like a guest, your stance is a lot different. You're waiting to have someone else, you know, introduce you around or waiting for to be served. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you act like a host, you're like, Oh, welcome, Michael. You know, how did you come to this event? You know, what brought you here today? Mm -hmm. So acting like a host, it just puts you in a different stance, a different persona and can give you enough of that confidence to approach people. All right. Yeah. And I, I like that question. What brought you here today? Cause it sounds like when you, when you first hear it, it sounds like a small talk question. Like, Oh, what brought you here? But if you can get the answer to that question, that, that opens up the whole conversation. Cause if, yeah. if the answer is I'm trying to find referral partners, that's a different conversation from I'm trying to find vendors, a different conversation from I work from home and I'm lonely and wanted to see people is yeah, so <laughs> really you're asking, what are you looking to find? And thus, how can I serve you? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I find people are naturally inclined to want to help. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it feels good to help other people. So if we can put ourselves in, in that per, in my mindset of I'm here to help, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very positive place to be. Yes. Um, and so, so what are some of the, the benefits that, that your, your clients and others have, have received from taking this approach to uh, approaching events? So one of my clients, he is a, um, a consultant for, for larger corporations. He works with uh, uh, biotech and pharma and those kinds of companies. And he's a, a, a consultant. And he um, is very, um, I'll say, a little bit more cerebral, a little bit more process-oriented. He's technically a biostatistician. Uh, and so you can kind of imagine the kind of uh, persona that is. And he was referred to me and he wanted to um, feel more valued by the, the, the people in the companies that were hiring him. And so we worked on a number of different things. And so he doesn't go to the same kind of events that we probably go to, right? He's not going to chamber mixers and things like that. He's going to these conferences. So one of the things that we did is he had this conference that he went to. It was just like a two two or three day conference. And he was able to connect with the organizer and got a whole spreadsheet of who was going to be there. And he um, went through that spreadsheet and we had identified who are the key types of people that he wanted to meet, right? Who were going to be the good uh, referral sources, if you will, the good connections that can help him get the business he was looking for. And he went through and he reached out to a bunch of different people and he pre-booked 14 coffee meetings before the event. 
-hmm. So he had already in place a bunch of little coffee meetings so he could make connections. And what ended up happening is not only did he have those meetings, he ended up making more meetings. And because he had that focus and that direction and he, he had a plan, he was able to make that event incredibly successful and productive Mm -hmm. for him. And then we also talked about some of the strategies on what he would say in those conversations. And one of the things we talked about is that that story of why he's so passionate about what he does and how he serves people. And, And that is a differentiating factor versus I can do this work, right? I'm an expert and mm-hmm. I have experience and I can do this work versus here's why I'm so driven and so so passionate about helping people in the way that I help them and what's what's my drive and my my purpose. And that like takes you on a whole new traje- trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that being very powerful. And that was a huge thing you said that, that people aren't interested in hearing about, you know, your degrees and your, your accomplishments and your awards, blah, 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 blah. But they want to hear your story that they can identify with. They want to hear that, the passion, the energy. Uh, and something I find interesting in, in a lot of the strategies you're sharing is one, one thing I've realized is that uh, it, it tends to be a choose one extroversion organization. So there are extroverts, there are organized people, um, not to say that extroverts can't be organized and organized people can't be outgoing, but it tends to be, you tend to have a strength in one or the other. So I'm not terribly organized, but I'm super extroverted. So when I think of an event, when, when you're talking about setting up coffee dates in advance, going in an event, I'm like, but I could meet lots more people and do the coffee dates afterwards. Um, but that's my style. I want to go to an event and be free to just like talk to this person, go to this thing, go over here and just free as a bird flowing in the wind. Um, whereas... The idea of that would probably give your client and possibly you heart palpitations that you're going in with no plan and just going to wing it as you get there. Um, and so it's, it's interesting listening to you really going into the 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 organized introvert strategy for networking because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people assume well the extroverts are better at it and frankly your strategy sounds more effective than mine. Mine's just more fun <laughs> uh, for me. And so I, I love that you're going into that, like being organized ahead of time, strategizing it, you know, have, having a campaign plan. You're not just yeah. showing up. You're, you're like, I'm talking to this person, then this person, then I'm going to shoot some this person, then we're going to go over here. And, and uh, so t- talk a little more about the power for, for those who are, who are more your style than my style. Um, <laughs> we're like, wait, I could organize it? Talk a little more about like how you might game plan an event as you're approaching it so that it can be, be that strategized event. Well, the number one thing is we want to network for to find great referral partners, mm-hmm. right? So you typically know who are the folks that you can really collaborate with, who when when your clients need your services, they also often need the services of these other professionals, right? And vice versa. And so it's easy to exchange referrals it, with those those folks. So we want to look for those other professions. So when we're really being strategic and, and you don't have to have a super filled out game plan, like I I did with my client, you know, and one of the, so we were talking 
earlier about one of my superpowers is really customizing my proven process to fit that behavioral style. Right. So, mm. so we can, we can have it where you are still free to go talk to whoever mm-hmm. and whatnot, but still have a little bit more focus to it. And one, a, a great way to have that is to have a networking buddy who's an, a, you know, that has that organizational style to them. So for example, one of the events I went to, one of my clients who's super, you know, what I call examiner, um, she, she's, uh, you know, um, senior level, um, meaning very experienced in her, her business. And she invited me to one of her events, um, where she's been on, you know, all the committees and all of that. And I basically kind of hung out and talked to people and she just kept bringing people to me. Mm-hmm. So I got to talk to all these great people and all I had to do was just kind of stand there and talk. And then she would just bring the next person to me and introduce me and then flutter off to go get the next person in her very organized way because she had a hit list of who she wanted to introduce me to. Mm. So having a networking buddy that, that has a complimentary style to yours and, and can, you can tag team with is really fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I, it's funny because the way you describe that, that's basically my business model, my networking concierge, is that my clients hire me not at events, but in the world to, they tell me who they're trying to meet. And I'm like, here you go. And here's another one. And here's another one. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a, a done for you thing, but not at an event. It's just, just general. But I, I love that concept of bringing a partner with you who who likes doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, in my book, I suggested you know, trying to find people like that, like ambassadors and whatnot. But it never occurred to me that you could bring your own, bring your own ambassador who likes That's to, right. who likes to, and, 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 and something I, I'd love to talk to you about is the kind of the credibility introduction gives you. Cause obviously you could go out and meet those people, but she's saying, she's meeting someone and saying, Oh, you need to meet Miley. She'd be a, she's definitely someone you need to meet. And do you find that's a, a an easier, quicker connection when you're introduced by your friend rather than you going up and approaching them yourself? Absolutely. And behavioral style, um, behavioral scientists have studied this. Mm -hmm. And when you speak well of someone else, it creates influence. So when, so when Cynthia was introducing me, it was actually doing her a service and doing me a service because it was increasing her influence and it was also, um, increasing my credibility. Because she was speaking about me and and saying, of course, great things, <laughs> and and so she was in essence endorsing me and and saying great things, so that we all know that you know that other party endorsement it has high level credibility. We want to know what other people think, because mm-hmm. of course, you know, if I say I'm great, I'm awesome. You know, right? As we do when we introduce ourselves, like I'm great at, you know, you're like, sure, yeah, right. We don't believe you, right? Yep. But if somebody else says, oh, Miley's great, she's awesome, for some reason, we will believe that third party. Mm-hmm. So when someone else introduced you or you introduce someone else, it lifts both of your credibility and influence. And as well, you know, obviously, it, it raises your influence to be recommended, 
But I want to emphasize what you just said that by recommending someone, it raises mm-hmm. your influence. Yes. Um, because there's a certain level of influence when you speak well of other people, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so easy to speak ill of people, right? It's yeah. so easy to bad mouth and, and that's kind of, you know, unfortunately too easy. But when someone speaks well of someone, it's mm-hmm. a different level of, of impression that people have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also a, a, a heuristic in that as well, that, that if you're taking advice from someone and you're getting an introduction, well, you must have some level of trust with them. You just accepted their opinion and their introduction. So you must trust them. Even though you just met them, your brain says, I just did two things that require trust. So obviously there's trust, right? And if you don't think about it, you just assume there's trust there. So it becomes a really powerful thing. So um, yeah, I love that concept and that strategy and, and really kind of taking that level of going to an event with a buddy and making the introductions. Uh, and, and of course, it takes the pressure off too. If if we're there together and I really want to meet that big time CEO over there uh, and maybe you want to meet them as well. Well, if I walk to them myself, I'm like, oh boy, am I, do they want to talk to me? Am I good enough? But if I'm like, hey, could you introduce me? And you're like, you got it. Because now it's not on you. Yeah. It's, you're going to go over and say, hey, Mr. CEO guy, I got someone you should meet. Absolutely. And And it's funny because it actually works with people we already know too. Mm -hmm. So for example, so I'm a longtime BNI member and, uh, and I was, this was pre pandemic. I was at a live BNI meeting and uh, I was standing with one of my friends who's also a client and one of our other members approached us and he had brought a visitor and he uh, introduced his visitor and said, well, want you introduce yourself and uh and this gal and i looked at each other and because we have the the strategy and the training i introduced her and she introduced me Mm. and just by doing that our other member was like wow he was impressed and he and he knows us uh and so it just makes a different level of impression and it's yeah. fun to do. It's so much more fun to talk about somebody else mm-hmm. than yourself. It's so much more comfortable oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it also shows level of preparedness too, because you you know them well enough. Because like, oh yeah, I, I know what you do. Really? Tell me what I do. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it shows well, you can actually answer that question. And it's interesting because, so because I teach networking and referrals a lot of people think immediately, oh, I need to refer a new networker to you. Where what I find is really interesting, and I've seen this a lot lately, is a lot of the experienced networkers are becoming my clients and have been my clients because they understand how important relationships and referrals are to their business. Mm-hmm. And they see that there's another level that they can reach. And sometimes we plateau and there are different skills and strategies that can enhance and increase our results. Mm -hmm. So just like what you were talking about, Michael, about, oh, I do know what this person does, but can I say it and can I speak it and can I do it well? And that's another level of, of mastering referral marketing. Yeah. I, I, 
I love that about the the experienced networkers because just because you've done something a long time doesn't mean you're good at it. <laughs> um, I, I I'm no longer in BNI um, I, partly because my business is so national and the BNI group was so local it didn't it didn't make sense. But but you know I I've seen people in BNI who have been in there five, 10, 15, 20 years, and they've been there a long time. But you know they say practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. So, they just developed habits and they're just kind of there and they show up every week and they do their thing and I can't refer anyone to them because their asks are, are so generic and, and like, I can't get my hands on it and they don't refer anything to me because they're not paying attention. And uh, it's <laughs> like, they, sometimes I find the people who are one in two years in or less are the ones who are great and they're giving referrals. So they have something to prove. And they're, they're going to all the trainings. They're listening to all the podcasts and they're, they're doing all the education they can. Whereas they'll be like, I've been here 10 energy years. energy around it, right? Yeah. They've got the excitement and energy. And, you know, um, Stephen Covey wrote this book years ago called Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things in there is uh, sharpening the saw, is yep. is getting better and, and um, having an interest in in becoming that next best version of yourself and, and, and becoming better at the things that you do. So really always being interested in that development. And Mm -hmm. I always say, and I always see that when people uh, invest in themselves, they actually reap the rewards in their business and our business grows to the extent that we do. Mm. And what one of my clients, uh, she's a CPA and she, uh, had, you know, said, you know, I want to, I want to do coaching and, uh, with you and all of this. And of, of course you, you think about a CPA and their kind of behavioral style. It mm-hmm. did take her a while before she, before, when she first talked to me about it, before when she actually started it. But one of the things that she said and keeps saying uh, now that she's in my coaching program, is that she has seen over and over because she um, has been a CPA for small businesses for for many, many years, that when business owners invest in coaching, she sees the numbers increase in their mm. business. She has seen the numbers and the proof that it does increase profits. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've... I found there's only really one kind of business owner that should be getting coaching and that's one who wants to make money. <laughs> so only the ones who want to make money should get coaching. If they don't want to make money, then it's not necessary. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it, everyone needs a coach hands down. And, and, you know, and then there's some who don't need a coach because they need two or three coaches. Yes. You know, they, they might need, cause I've, I've, I've known a lot of people, they get a coach and then they grow their business and then they hire a marketing coach and they hire mm-hmm. a, um, you know, a, a money mindset coach to go with their general business coach. And then they get a uh, organizational coach um, because they're really trying to optimize, just like a, an athlete. Absolutely. You know, they they yeah. might have a, a food, a nutrition coach and a, a running coach and a hitting coach and because um, they want to really master their craft. Absolutely. Yep. All professional players have, have coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a coach and I have a coach Yep. because you can't coach yourself. 
Definitely cannot coach yourself. No, <laughs> cannot coach yourself. Yeah, can't be your own chiropractor, can't be your own massage therapist, cannot be your own coach. Totally true. Um, so, so speaking of, of BNI and, and similar groups, uh, and and that challenge, what? So some people may find themselves in a situation where they're in the group and they're they're doing all the studying and they're growing and they're learning, but networking is a team sport. Yes. So what do you do if you find yourself in a group and the other members just aren't aren't with the program? In one ah. way or another. They're not giving referrals. They're not giving good asks. Whatever it is, they're not not on board with the program. Absolutely. So, first of all, what I find is you're not going to get a hundred percent, right? Don't expect everybody. It, 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 even the best of the best groups, you know, there's you know there's the eighty twenty rule. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and it does take other players, like you said. It is a team sport, so. So you can invite people to attend workshops with you. You can invite people to to do some of the programs together. Uh, and one of the things I do is I, I teach my clients how they can train their network to do the things they want them to do mm-hmm. and uh, and and help help, you know, spoon feed them little nuggets so they can um, know what to do and how to refer my client, right? So Mm -hmm. I I teach my clients how to teach and train their referral team to bring them that referral business. But if they're not, if they don't take the action, if that referral team is not going to take the action, then maybe there's another group out there, right? And so one of the things I do work with my clients on, on is finding the right network. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, there is not one networking group that's right for every single networker. And so it depends on your business. It depends on your target market. And uh, it depends on, you know, what, what your passions and interests are and your behavioral style. So there are, there are plenty of options out there to find yeah a great network that's going to work with you. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I think there's some people who they end up stuck in a, a group that's, that's not sorry, bad, but just not delivering, not performing for whatever reason. Maybe it's, it's, you know, most people are focused in a certain sphere and thus aren't able to give referrals or they're just phoning it in um, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and I know when I've been in some groups like that and I've talked to, uh, especially when I was earlier in my networking career. And, you know, I'd talk to people and they'd be like, well, it's really up to the members to make it better. And you're a member, aren't you? So aren't you going to, what are you going to do to make it better? And I'm like, uh, wait a minute, I'm paying to be here. Like, why am well, I? Well, um, I do believe that is true, Michael. Well, and of course, I it is, is the members, the members as a yes. group, but, but, you, but I think that- you, you have some, some say, I think if you are a member, you, you can take that, responsibility to do what you can do mm-hmm. to make it a better oh, course, yeah. place, yep. but it can't be one person, right? Yeah. So if it's just you and nobody else is coming on board with a program, then, then you're going to have to cut and run. Right. Yeah. But, but so one of the things I do see often is people don't give it enough time. Mm. So relationship marketing is the long game. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's is not just for 
today's money. It's for tomorrow's business, mm-hmm. right? So, so it, the longer we have relationships, the easier it is for us to refer. If we're doing a good job of getting to know each other and and building yep. the relationship and all of that. So, really, if you are investing in a networking group. I mean, obviously, there's so much <laughs> that we can talk about how to make that really work for you. Um, and just know that often t- it takes time. So usually it's year two, year three, where you really start seeing the, the better results. So year one is just laying the foundation. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect to get, I wouldn't, I would go in with that as, just your your ramp up time and not expect too much out of year one, except for just focusing on building the relationships. And then year two, year three is when you can really start getting the type of referrals you want. Yeah. And, and I always measure group by how much can I help the other people in it? Yes. Um, and and so, so what I've judged groups on is if I can't tell, I mean, I, I make a lot of introductions. Um, and I know a lot of people that's kind of my business. So if I go into a group, like if I visit a good BNI group, just visiting, I'll make three, four, five introductions and referrals just from listening to people go around the room. Like, Oh, I know that person you need. Okay. I know the person too. I know the person. Whereas if I'm in a group and I can't make a single introduction after listening to everyone's asks, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, this is a group I can't work with. You know, forget about me getting referrals. I can't give a referral. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, of course, one of my, one of my pet peeves is when people give the, the generic ask that I could give, um, for example, the realtor who says they're looking for buyers and sellers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you could have just said you're a realtor. Stop talking. Of course you're looking for buyers and sellers. You're a realtor. Um, and, and yeah, I was like, but who can I introduce you to? No one ever comes to me and says, Michael, I need to sell my house. Do you know a realtor? Uh, this is, I believe probably happened zero times. (laughs) <laughs> but I know a lot of mortgage brokers. I know a lot of home inspectors. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who a realtor wants to network with Absolutely. to get referrals from, but I need to know who they want to meet. Yep. That's right. So, yep. Uh, and, and so, so if someone is, is looking at a, a networking group, so let's say they are three, six months in and they're not getting, they're not getting business from it. How would you say, how could they determine is it just taking time and growing or is this not a good fit? So one of the things that I talk to my clients about are, of course, who are going to be those great referral relationships. And we talked about this a little bit already. This is what I call your contact sphere, those Mm -hmm. business and professions that are complementary to yours and not competing. Right. So, 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 you want to have people in your networking group who are in your contact sphere. So if you have people in your contact sphere, the next question is, well, I'll preface this and say the number one criteria of a great referral partner, number one criteria, you got to like them. (laughs) Okay. So if you don't like or trust the, those people, it's mm-hmm. going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to do referral business with them. Yeah. So, sense. so if you, if you've got people in your contact sphere and you like them, then it's just a matter of time, right? I mean, you have to do the things and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time, but if it's like, 
we're not jiving at all. There's no one in my contact sphere or the people that are in my contact sphere are, we just don't get along. We, you know, or we have a totally different target market. Then, then that's a different evaluation. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, so it's, so you want to look at what's the potential there and who, you know, who do they, do they know the people to refer me to whether or not they're doing it yet? Right. Yeah. Yes. Do, do, do they have that? And of course, then you build the, build the trust and the referral confidence curve and. Yeah. And all I mean, are they doing point. business is probably a really good question because mm-hmm. the, 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 a huge part of the value we bring to our network is our network. Right. Mm-hmm. And if the only people we know are in one small network, then we don't have a lot to give. Yep. And if the people who are in that network and, and we're looking for them to give to us, they're only in one small network and they don't have a lot of other people, then that's going to be hard for them to give to us. Yep. So, so, you know, the rule of three is, is prominent in so many aspects. It's a powerful number and we should also use it in our referral marketing and uh, really seriously look at having three different networks that you participate in consistently. Hmm. That makes sense because you can cross cross between them. And and, and yeah, I, I found that even my early networking was amazingly effective. I'd, I'd go to the Mystic Chamber and meet people. I'd go to the Eastern Connecticut Chamber <clears throat> and meet people. I'd introduce between them. Then they'd be like, wow, you're such a great networker. And I'm like, yeah, you guys live like four miles apart. I don't know how you don't know. <laughs> I moved here three months ago. You both lived here for 40 years and you're the next town over. But yeah, I'm a great networker. I just connected you. Um, you know, that, that's that's New England mindset though. People don't don't leave their towns. And and so by by connecting across those lines, uh-huh. you can be a, just, just what you said. If you join three networking groups and you connect people from this BNI group to this success champions group to this chamber group, Yep. And now you're the super connector because you're right. just and any one of those members could just go with you to a meeting and they'd meet all the people, you know, right. but, they won't. <laughs> but they don't. And so right. you do it for them and, and you, you look like a superhero. And, yeah. Then you get to be the hero mm-hmm. and the master character. That is hugely powerful. So this has been lots of great advice. I'm so glad we, we had you here and I've, I've loved your perspective, um, especially being on the, the organized introvert side of the continuum as opposed to my like my organizations I have one spreadsheet keep track of every introduction I make and that's pretty much as much as my my ADD brain can handle organizing <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I love that perspective and and those ideas for for being strategic for those people who are like oh my I can't just walk into a room and uh, not know what to do I gotta have a plan and that's the idea right. you can actually make that plan is amazing so if somebody wants to connect with you um, so do you work with just people in your local area in, in San Francisco or do you work with clients around the country I have clients in other states and locations. Um, okay. Yes. So. And so if someone's listening and be like, I need that coach, I need that help. How would they get in touch with you? Uh, well, my website is MileyColmer.com, which you can see my name in the notes. <laughs> I have to spell it. Uh, and my email is Miley at MileyColmer.com. All right. And yeah, do so you find that in the show notes? Cause it's, M-A-I-L-E-C-O-L-L-M-E-R, which is right. more or less like when you say it and I look at it, it makes sense, but it's not necessarily the spelling I would guess. So yes. that's why we have show notes. Go look in the show notes, click on the thing, contact her. Um, Miley's really cool. You should meet her. And she might be able to help you go from being afraid of networking to being really good at networking because 
that's kind of what you do, right? Absolutely. And you can um, find me on most social media platforms by searching my name. So, all right. And so they won't get the other Miley Comer? Comer? No, but there are other lots of other Miley's out there. It is a common name in Hawaii. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. As, as I was telling you before we started, I'm the second most popular Michael Whitehouse on YouTube. So I had a one to one with a Miley uh, on Monday. So, okay. But, but not a Miley Comer. Miley Jackson. Okay, totally different, Miley. So yeah. it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and your ideas. And you listeners, go to MileyComer.com and get in touch with her if she seems like someone who might be of value, which I bet she might be. So thank you, Miley, for being on the show. Thank you, Michael. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.